Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. We're joined now on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline by Andrew Catalan. Andrew, thank you very much. How you doing? Yeah, it's good to be back. Happy New Year. I have been sick for the past two days, and I'm drinking off the sickness today in fine fashion, fine form. But I watched 20 episodes of Seinfeld yesterday, and you have a promo <laughs> running on Comedy Central in every episode. Well done. <laughs> you know, I think I watched the same amount yesterday on Comedy Central as well. Not because... I wanted to see myself, but because I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. But, yeah, I did teamed yeah. up with Comedy Central this month, and I've gotten a lot of texts about it. Basically, I was on the whole month of December, and I think a lot of people are ready for the calendar to turn to January so they don't have to see me anymore. <laughs> I, I saw you every break, it seemed, from the time Poppy peed the first time on the couch. <laughs> yeah, yep. To all the way to the start of the David Putty era. It was a long time. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, well, we taped all that in November, and they said they were going to run it a lot, and they weren't lying. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of sick of myself, but I, I got to see myself to watch Seinfeld. So it's kind of a catch-22. Nah, man. No, that's cool, though. If you would have told yourself when Seinfeld was on its first run of the 90s, that one of these days I'm going to be in a promo on every break of every episode of Seinfeld. You'd have been open to that, I'm assuming, right? I would. It's my favorite show, and uh, it's still like yesterday. You just start watching, and you can't stop like you did. I mean, I I wasn't sick, so I didn't really have an excuse, but I still watch, so uh, I'm glad you did as well. Hey, what is it, by the way, what is the promo, again, it's it's something leading up to the Super Bowl, right? For people that don't know? Well, yeah, so Paramount owns CBS and Comedy Central, right. so I think a, a lot of it is just kind of gearing everyone towards the Super Bowl on CBS in February. Um, I, I was talking a little bit earlier to Lincoln Kennedy, and I asked him, you know, even beyond some of these wins, um, and, and, you know, beyond the defensive play that we saw last week for the Raiders against the Chiefs, what is most noticeable is the swagger, the Raider type of swagger that goes back decades, eras, that I think we have seen now reemerge. Have you noticed the same thing? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I haven't seen the Raiders in person this year. This will be my first time, but watching the film and reading up on them, I actually find it funny because that swagger is back, but they're also the least penalized team in the NFL uh, in terms of average number of penalties per game, which kind of goes against everything that we think of the Raiders over the over the heydays and whatnot. But, yeah, I think Antonio Pierce has done a great job. I mean, Devontae Adams saying that he preaches everyone to play fast and nobody's playing timid. You see that when you turn on the film. I mean, these guys are flying around the football, especially on defense. Uh, they're they're playing fearless. They're scoring touchdowns on defense four in the last two games, and it's really just a different team than we saw under Josh McDaniels. 
by just across the front, too. I mean, you start with Max Crosby. You know, if you get two X's of the name Max, you're going to be a badass, and there's no doubt he is. But, I mean, from Nichols up front and to the back edge, you know, Hobbs had, had some moments. Uh, they, they just have some Jack Jones, obviously. They just they have some guys that we have seen late in the season with individual playmaking ability. Yeah, I mean, it all starts with Crosby. He's got 13 and a half sacks, and he's going to get a ton of double teams in this game, I'd imagine. But the guy that's really emerging now is Malcolm Kuntz. He's got five sacks in the last two games, and it seems like finally he's able to be that one-two punch with Crosby. So, yeah, you mentioned the back end, and there's no doubt that they're taking the football away. But up front with Crosby and Kuntz, I mean, that's going to be a big challenge for the Colts' offensive line in this game. Andrew Catalan's got the call coming up, CBS, on Sunday here. Are you in town yet? Not yet. I'll be there tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm telling you, it's going to be, well, probably gray, a little bit cool. Not as bad as it could be, I guess, but you'd probably know what you're getting into, right, weather-wise around here. Well, you got to remember, I went to Syracuse for four years, so I'm used to gray and damp and ugly. Because we had that every day at school. You've got, yeah, you're right. You have probably snow on the ground there from what, um, April through, or April, what, from October to April, probably up there? Yeah, I mean, it, it snowed on graduation at Syracuse before. Not my graduation, <laughs> but it has snowed in the middle of May. Yeah, you don't want that. So I, I get where you're coming from. So, yeah, you'll, you'll certainly be, be used to it here. What? What's your impressions on the Colts? You have seen them. My description has been a roller coaster ride because you'll get that impressive performance you got a couple of Saturdays ago against Pittsburgh, especially in the second half, where I felt that offense, simply put, with that personnel we're talking about on the field then, just couldn't play any better than that. And then you fast forward to where nothing worked. And the offensive line that was so dominant against Pittsburgh got dominated itself defensive line the same thing by an Atlanta team that got beat by Carolina the week before what do you make of this Colts team firmly in the playoff picture with that opportunity in the AFC but a roller coaster nonetheless yeah it has been I saw them at one of the highs on that roller coaster when they won in overtime against Tennessee earlier in the month and then since then it's been up and down up and down you know in watching the game last week I give Josh Downs a lot of credit. I think he's had a great rookie year, but they really missed Michael Pittman. I mean, they just were not the same offense without him. Taylor couldn't get going. You mentioned the offensive line. I just, I mean, obviously Michael Pittman's a star in this league and you're going to miss a guy like that, but it just looked like their whole offense was out of sync and out of rhythm without him. So, yeah, to your point, up and down, but here you are with two games to go, a chance to get to the playoffs, and, you know, I, I've appreciated the, the parallels. I know Colts fans have not, but I've appreciated the parallels to two years ago when they were knocking on the door and they played the Raiders in Week 17. They lost both those games. And what I appreciate about that is that you'd like to think that the guys that were on that team have learned something. They learned what it's like to take care of business. And I think that might play in their favor. You've got a Franklin you know, you know, a lot of these guys were on that team two years ago that, that want to get that taste out of their mouth because they remember what it was like to not get it done against the Raiders and Jags over those final two weeks. So I think that maybe could be something 
that can help the Colts here down the stretch. It's so weird about that, too, as you go back a couple of years. And that came off a Christmas night win over then very good in Glendale, Arizona. And that was the Arizona Cardinals. And the difference is, you know, obviously Carson Wentz, you can start at the top of that list. But the major difference, if you're trying to form a parallel here, would be just the simple fact they were playing well that year going into the final two weeks of the season and basically imploded right before our eyes. And and this is just kind of one to where you're going to stuff your hand in that box of chocolates, Forrest Gump-wise, and just really not know on a weekly basis what you're going to get in return. No, that's true. They were going into that after that win on Christmas. That was a great win. You had a really good feeling about it. They were going back to play the Raiders and the Jags. You figure get one of those games. little different here, not playing as well as they were coming off that win against the Cardinals, certainly in Atlanta last week. But, yeah, I just feel like, you know, when they're playing a good, clean game, they're tough to beat. We've seen that. I mean, they have won five of the last seven. It hasn't been the easiest path to that road but you know I think Shane Steichen's done a really good job I was really impressed when I saw him you know with my own eyes uh, against Tennessee early December and I know the Titans are not having a great year but you know those two teams don't like each other it's always hard fought Titans played well that day um, so you know I just feel like if, if their Colts are capable of playing a game where you know they can get Pittman if he plays and Taylor going and, and fifth most sacks on defense, if they can play their game, they should win one, if not both of these games coming home. Andrew Catalan of CBS, along with Matt Ryan, Tiki Barber, and A.J. Ross had the call with uh, the Raiders and the Colts. You can check it out, obviously, CBS 4 coming up on Sunday from Lucas Oil Stadium. In the past month, maybe month and a half, but more like a month, how often have you called the game involving one, if not two, backup quarterbacks as starters? <laughs> oh, man, I'd have to think about that, but there's so many of them this year. I don't know. Let me take a look. Let's see. I uh, I had Indy, Tennessee, which yeah. was Minshew and Levis. I had yeah. Denver and the Chargers, and that was the game that Herbert got hurt, so I did see Easton stick. Okay. And I did the Bucks and Packers. Both guys were in there. But then Christmas Eve, I had Seattle, Tennessee. So I, I guess you'd count Tannehill as the backup for that game because Levis didn't play. So, yeah, it's all over the map this year. And I, I think Gardner's done a really good job. I mean, you know, I, I know he's not lights out, but he, he's played pretty good football here. He's given the Colts a chance. We talked about this the last time that I was on your show about how Nobody thought the beginning of this year, and then Richardson gets hurt, the Colts would be in this position. I think that Gardner has really held his own, done a nice job, and he's put him in position to get in. It's funny. You think about both these offenses, and the first thing that comes to mind with them both is if their quarterback doesn't make a number of mistakes, then then they can win. And certainly that is more for Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders, but, I mean, it is really equal to both of these teams. I know you could say that in large part each and every NFL game about every quarterback, but more so magnified, I think, in this game coming up on Sunday than most you will see over the course of the year. 
Yeah, that's a fair point. I agree, and, and I think it, it's more on the Raiders' side. I mean, we saw how they handled that game on Monday against the Chiefs. I mean, the kid was 0 for 10 after the first quarter. They, they're, they're not going to push the ball down the field and take a ton of chances. I think that the Colts, you know, have a little more faith in Minshew than the Raiders have in O'Connell. But you're right. I mean, they're they're looking to rely on their defenses, and both defenses have played pretty well this year. Especially the Raiders of late, they've played a lot better under Pierce than they have on, than they did under Josh McDaniels. And again, it's the same defensive coordinator. So that that's what's kind of weird when you look at the Raiders. It's like, well, it's not like they have a new play caller on defense. It's the same guy, but it just feels like as we discussed earlier that swagger that that Antonio Pierce brings is kind of you know kind of bled into their defense but yeah I think that that's the kind of game we're going to get I don't think we're going to get you know 41-35 on Sunday I mean these teams are looking to run the football and not turn the ball over and then play a nice clean crisp game in any way they can so Andrew Catalan again, CBS, gotcha, along with Matt Ryan, Tiki Barber, A.J. Ross. You like working? I think I may have asked you this in lighter terms the last time you were on, um, you know, because of Matt Ryan and being a part of it as he was here a year ago. But you like working with, you know, the, the three people in the booth and, you know, having A.J. obviously on the sideline? Yeah. I mean, I, I've loved working with Matt and Tiki. Uh, I've, I've been really impressed with Matt. I mean, just fresh off the field. He knows so many of the players, so many of the concepts. He sees the game really well. I mean, he didn't go to broadcasting school. He went to school to play football. And just to walk off the field and into the booth, I think he's done a heck of a job. And I give the two of them, age, uh, Tiki rather, and Matt a lot of credit because you know, it's very easy to step on each other, and, and they've done a pretty good job of that. I mean, I, I get in and call the play, and then it's up to them to say who goes, who takes the replay. You know, so I think that's a hard thing to do. So I think they've done a really good job, and, and we love having A.J. down on the sidelines. So it's been, a, it's been a really enjoyable year for me and for our crew. All right. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you on. And, again, uh, keep up the great work. And, well, when they ask you to do a promo like that again, on comedy, <laughs> come and do it again, man. That's that's money right there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's big time. That. Yesterday, uh, you got have a great it. call on Sunday. We'll do it again soon, Andrew. Thank you. Okay, take care. Happy New Year, Andrew Catalan, CBS. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, you knew him as an offensive tackle badass in the day, and I'm assuming in radio terms, he is probably still that and then some. From the Raider Radio Network, Lincoln Kennedy joins us. Hey, Lincoln, welcome to Indianapolis. How you doing? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Does the, uh, the badassery still apply? Does that transfer it on the field back in the day to radio today? I'm assuming it does, correct? Well, you know, what you do is when, when people define your, your legendary status as badass, you, that rides with you. you don't, that doesn't drop <laughs> off. It's not like it's going to fall off it, or ever become different. So you just, you just ride the wave and keep it on for the rest of your life. That's a great way I think we can start with the conversation right here about this Raider team. 
it seems like right. that they're riding away right now too. And, and what's been the biggest difference? And, and I'll give you my thoughts, and you can play off of it. One obviously is the change in head coach, but it looks like this is a Raider team, which obviously through decades known for its its badassery, its swagger itself. It looks like that they got their swag back right now. Is that true? Well, it is definitely true. I think that the change has obviously been with Antonio Pierce. It's hard to put your finger on it. And even for me, for you know, being around the team and, and covering the organization, on what's the difference? You still have the same players. You Pretty much you still have the same coaches. It's a philosophy. And it goes back to that age-old saying that, you know, a coach is going to take on the personality. I mean, a team is going to take on the personality of its coach. And I think that's what you see right now. You see the attitude come out from Antonio Pierce, who's who's uh, proclaimed since he's taken the job, uh, been in, named interim head coach, that, you know, I am a Raider. I have that attitude, and I'm, I'm going to do it for Al Davis, and I'm going to do it for the good of the shield. And so I think you've seen the players pick that up. But, you know, the response has been the energy of the players. And I think, you know, you guys cover enough sports, so you'll, you'll probably agree with this point. You know, when you have um, a, 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 an infectious, contagious sort of uh, uh, attitude or aura about yourself in the locker room, it tends to transmit throughout the rest of the locker room. It goes down to the players and the coaches and everything else. And I think that's what you see on the football field. Is this uh, Antonio Pierce, a guy that from what you've recognized so far, I mean, clearly as a player and a coach at many levels, he has been a leader. Has this been seamless in terms of his leadership? It's not going to be as a coach. Don't get me wrong, Lincoln, but has it been seamless in terms of his level of leadership he's offered this group? Well, it's kind of hard to say it's seamless because you know when you have a transition such as a head coaching change middle of the season, there's so much, there's a great level of uncertainty from everybody from the business side to the coaching side to the player side. There's a level of uncertainty because you don't know what the future holds. But I do know that when, when Josh McDaniels got the job, he had a plan for Derek Carr. Derek Carr is no longer with us, and one of the reasons probably why Josh McDaniels is no longer with us. Um, Antonio has come in and tried to you know, share these guys right to where they're playing with heart. And I think that's what you've seen so far since he's taken over. Lincoln Kennedy joins us. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. What's um, been the transition with this defense? Are they just doing something talent-wise, especially individually up front and in that secondary that's always been there, but now because of what they're doing against teams like Kansas City, we're, we're finally taking notice here? Well, I, I think, you know, of course, a big win on Christmas Day against Kansas City is going to give you notice, especially when the team hadn't beat them in the last seven tries, I think it was. But what, what you're seeing right now is what you're, you're seeing other guys sort of rise to the occasion. Look, on defense, you know what you got with Max Crosby. He's playing at an all-pro level, should be in consideration for defensive player of the year. But recently you've had guys like Malcolm Kuntz play better. On the other side, you have guys, linebackers, like Devon Diablo, as well as Spillane, has had a pretty solid season. And then Trayvon Merrick, the safety, is playing well. With the addition of Jack Jones, they've been able to free up a lot of things and play a lot faster and a lot harder. Patrick Graham is doing some of his best coaching uh, in recent weeks uh, on the defensive side to get these guys, to bring these guys out. Defense is what kept this team in football games when the offense was inept. Most likely last week uh, against Kansas City, didn't score an offensive touchdown. Didn't complete a pass, I don't think, in the second half uh, for the most part. So um, uh, it, it, was, it was difficult for them to get any type of production, but the defense kept them in it. Hey, Lincoln, this is Chris Hagan from Fox TV here in hey, Indianapolis. Chris. I just wanted to touch base about, hey, good to talk to you. Happy New Year. Um, thank you. Thank you. Last Lincoln. week I was down in Atlanta when the Colts lost to a Falcons team that had lost the week mm-hmm. before to the Panthers. And Gardner mm-hmm. Minshew was saying, hey, this is a week-to-week league. And then from the Raiders, they get shut out one week, and then they put up 63 the next week. Is, I mean, that's not a cliche that 
it's hard to win in the NFL, especially this time of year when you have teams trying to play their win into the playoffs. So you, you can't take any team or anything for granted, can you? You never can. It doesn't matter the records. It doesn't matter the status or the situation or what you're in. You know, the thing is, and I was telling some people this when they were talking about how, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes came on and said, look, I missed Christmas Eve with his kids. And he looked like he was, you know, crying a river. And I was like, you know what? Miss me with that. Oh, poor me. You make you make more money than God. You can afford to have Christmas any day you want to. So, but but you never. My point is that you never know when a guy's having a bad day, or you never know when a guy might not be on his his, his, his top game. So you know, you, you take it for what it's worth. That's why football is the greatest team game. You got to have all guys out there performing at the same level, or somebody's going to be missed. But with that being said, look, everyone gets paid. And everyone has has an athletic ability to be out there. It's the mental that's going to put you over the top. And for what AP has been able to do, Antonio Pierce has been able to do at, at coaching, an interim coach, is he's been able to bring out that better mental competitiveness out of this team, most, most notably on the defense. Uh, former NFL offensive line badass Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders Radio Network, kind enough to join us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Tavern tour stop with Heaven Hill Distillery. We're at Nora, north side of Indianapolis at Taylor's Pub and Grill. Has Antonio Pierce proven enough to be named the future head coach past this year of the Raiders, in your opinion? For me, yes. Without a doubt. I, I think the Raiders miss a big opportunity with Rich Lasaccia about having not to kid, you know, keeping him. And I think he's a well of a coach. And one of the things I appreciate about Basaccia when he, when he took over, Basaccia held the players accountable. And I think that resonates really big in the locker room. That's exactly what AP did this year with my, Marcus Peters, a well-known defensive back in the National Football League, former All-Pro. Um, so he held him accountable. And I think that resonates. I think that resonates through the locker room because now guys know that no one's safe. doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter your status. No one's safe. you got to go out there and perform because that's where we evaluate people on a performance-based business. So, you know, with that being said, I think Antonio Pierce has done enough to qualify him to be the next head coach of the Raiders. Hey, Lincoln, uh, I'm going to jump in again, and I'm sure John's not finished asking about the Colts and Raiders, but i got to ask you <laughs> about Monday when them Washington Huskies get together with the Texas Longhorns in the playoffs. Michael Penix, of course, played football yeah. at IU before he we went out west. What's your take on that big game come Monday? Well, it's huge. I mean, you have two teams that are facing off one another. They did last year in the Alamo Bowl. Washington was able to come out on top 27-20, but this year is going to be a different round. Sark? has got those Longhorns playing some good football. And they've got it. They added some speed on defense as well as some speed on offense. But most notably, those big two, those two big defensive tackles they've got in the middle there are going to make it very hard for the dogs to run between the tackles. With that being said, I still think they need to commit and have to try the run because they have to stay as, uh, as consistently balanced as possible. You can't just be one-dimensional and think you're going to beat the Longhorns. Well, you, can, you can tell he's already broken down this game, John. Well, he's ready. I might as well go, since you brought it up and, and got us off of Colts and Raiders, I might as well That's ask what you I about do. the other side, too. Michigan and Alabama, Lincoln, while we're at it, what do you think? Should be should be a good game. I'm going to see if, if Michigan is able to run against that Alabama defense, if they're going to have to be forced to open up in the fast game. You know, they got away with it at Penn State and other times throughout the year, but I think Alabama is a different animal. I think Alabama can score, much like Ohio State does, so it'll be interesting to see how Alabama is going to contain Michigan's uh, – Alabama's offense is going to contain Michigan's defense because, you know, they can get after you well. So it should be a low-scoring battle. I would take the under. I tell you what, I'm, I'm excited. I know there was a huge controversy 
about Florida State. You know, that's a story for another day. But I'm excited about right. the four that got in, and I'm super excited about both of these semifinals. It wouldn't shock me if any of these four team teams win it all, but I'm glad to see they're going to do it on the field. Not like back in the day when teams had to share national championships because you couldn't get them on the field together, right? Well, you know, I was part of that. You know, back in the day when you had the split polls, yep. I shared a national championship with Miami. And I knew that when – BCS started, BCS was flawed. I knew when the playoffs started, the biggest thing when, the, when they first established the playoffs, I said, there's not enough teams. I mean, and, and the system was flawed. It, 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 you know, just dumbfounds me how we've gotten as far as we have with as flawed of a system without, you know, putting as much emphasis to make the change. And what I mean by that is you have a power five, you have power five throughout the country, but you only have four spots. How much sense does that make? And it was just—it was just bound to happen that somebody was going to go undefeated, um, and somebody was not going to be able to get in. And look, we've seen it before. And, but it's also been, you know, smaller schools. I remember when Utah went undefeated, and they had to settle on—I think it was the Orange Bowl or something like that. But they weren't part of the national championship. There's been other teams that have been undefeated. They might not have the recognition of, say, a Florida State. But the system was so flawed for so long. I'm surprised we got away with it as long as we did. He is Lincoln Kennedy of the Raider Radio Network on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. What is the uh, what's the minimum here? And I don't want to sound like because he's a Purdue guy and we've always liked him a great deal. What is the minimum or what is required to get a Raiders win coming from their quarterback? The bare minimum of what is expected from from Aiden O'Connell game to game, for example, like Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I hate to use the, the use the what's the, the typical term that you say. Well, you got to manage the game. Of course, of course, you got to manage right. the game. You don't. You know, nobody wants to see their quarterback go over and turn over the ball. You know, a bunch of times, give defenses advantage. But for Aiden O'Connell's growth, I think. Well, you know, here's the thing. He's grown a lot since he came in. I remember the first Charger game that Aiden was in there. I was critical of him because he was holding on the football, and I ended up having you know Khalil Mack had a career day with six sacks, holding on the football, trying to wait for something to happen. And I've been, you know, I've been critical of him at times. I think Aiden's growth is going to come in, in slowly. And what I mean by that, the maturity of seeing the speed of the game, you know, let's forget, I think, what, he's a 26-year-old rookie. And, and so it's not like he's, you know, a spring chicken. But he has to learn the NFL speed. Case in point, uh, last week in Kansas City, for one series, he went out there and they threw straight, three straight, he threw three straight passes at Devontae Adams trying to force the ball to get the ball to number 17. I know Devontae's a tremendous asset, but I've said all along, don't take it if it's not there. Don't force it if it's not there because you're going to put the ball in jeopardy. I, that being said, you know, Aiden's frustration coming off after that series, I saw it written on his face that, man, I should have connected. Yeah, we could have had opportunities like that, and it's up to the quarterback. That's why it's the most prolific position. It's up to the quarterback to get it done. So I think Aiden's going to be, Aiden's going to be patient. He's going to grow. He's going to get better. But one of his best friends right now is having a consistent running game, and I'm hoping the Raiders can establish it that stingy coach defense. Lincoln, doesn't this go back to what you said earlier about how football is the greatest team sport? Because we can sit here and project and say you got to do this and you got to do that, but then you don't know who's going to muff a punt. You can't predict right. two defensive scores in a row. You never know which of those plays or players it's going to come down to, and you, you say, okay, that's the reason why he doesn't have to throw for 400 yards. That's the reason why you gave up you know, red zone field position. And yeah. as much football as you've seen a lot more than John and I, every game you watch, there's something that happens that you've never seen before. The only rule that I will always hold on to and hold true to is that if you have a quarterback, you have a chance. That's the only rule. Right. Everything else is, is up to opinion age, opinions and execution. Uh, but if you have a quarterback, you have a chance. And that's why quarterback is the most prolific position. They get all the attention when things go right. They get all the blame when things go wrong. comes with the territory. 
So if you see somebody crying in his milk like Patrick Mahomes was crying in his milk this past Monday, then, you know, you, you don't feel bad for him. You know, kid, a guy comes up and says, well, I really wish I could have spent Christmas Eve with my kids. You make more money than God. Any day can be Christmas with you. So why, why are you crying about not being able to be there for your kids on one day? But it is what it is. So uh, it's all, like I said, the only factor I hold on to is you have a quarterback, you have a chance. I'm shocked that a Raider is talking trash about a Chief. I mean, when has that ever happened in the history of sports broadcasting that a Raider has a little something to say about a Chief? I, John, have you ever heard this in your life? Never in my life. I love it, though. Was I talking trash or was I speaking truth? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. You can answer that, man. You I, can, think he, I think so. That's a lot of, there's 98% truth in that, but there's a little trash, yeah, exactly. too, which I like. I, I'm curious about this. Let's just say um, you were the same era. How would you fare against Max Crosby having to block him? Well, first of all, I would I would go to my coach and say, I'm not backing up, you know, 30, 40, 50 times a game. I need to go forward. I would, you know, the best way that I neutralized uh, powerful and speed rushers was go right at him. Go right at him with the run. Isolate me one-on-one. Put me on him one-on-one. Let me have him one-on-one. And if I need help, then you put help on my side. But at the most part, I'm going to go after him. I'm going to go with the attitude that I'm going to take you out of the equation. You're not going to be a factor that day. That's the way I play. When we talked about, you know, we said something about talking trash. When you did play, and we see a little bit of this when you see players mic'd up, how much jabbering was there back and forth? And was it in a friendly nature, or did things really get heated depending week to week who you were up against? I didn't talk trash. I mean, I played against a lot of guys who did, but I didn't. I was not a trash talker. I was one of those guys that was going to go out there and perform. You know, you, I've, I've been called fat. I've been called lazy. I've been called slow. I've been called everything underneath the sun. But one thing that you're not going to call me, you're not going to call me a, quit, a quitter or an easy win. It's uh, Lincoln Kennedy right there, the Raiders Radio Network, uh, the former uh, tackle who would uh, do just fine, farewell against Max Crosby <laughs> and, and most at that position back in the day, uh, joining us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Hey, happy holidays. Safe travels here to Indy. It's been a pleasure talking with you, and uh, we'll do it again soon, hopefully uh, in, in a capacity in which uh, we have some more fun with them. But, man, good conversation, Lincoln. Thank you. Guys, I love the city of Indianapolis. My good buddy Rico Elmore is with Fatheads, and he, he, he's a big Indianapolis Colts fan, so I'm sure he's listening right now. But I, I can't wait to be there. You got it, buddy. Thank you, Lincoln. See you guys. Talk to you soon. All right. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. I know this. He's not putting here in Beach Grove his Pop-Tart in the toaster. <laughs> Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. Hello, Mike. How are you? Hi, hi guys. This can only go up after we've talked about Pop-Tarts. <laughs> Uh, Boston cream pies and herpes. So I, I will add things to this this uh, interview. Clip that right now because that's going to be a reentry for chap for years to come. That's Is that how, right that, there? That's what you guys kind of do to vote on Emmys, right? Yeah. Count me in with Boston cream pies. I, I'm a big guy on that. Oh, chap, do you put your pop tarts in a toaster or no? I'm not a pop tart guy, so no. But I would not because they're going to melt, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I say that affectionately. Hey, Thank I, you, chap. I love you. Hey, Mike, I want to go back to Sunday and then kind of equate that to where we are right now. Um, yeah, obviously, Michael Pittman Jr. was a huge loss. Not having Braden Smith is is big. 
However, it was so much more on Sunday that needs to be corrected and much better on, on Sunday. Uh, but Braden Smith, Michael Pittman Jr., what's your feeling on their participation as it stands right now for Sunday? And again, this is just speculation. I think Braden Smith plays, although he's missed, what, a month? And, oh, by the way, you got Max Crosby coming to town. Pittman, I don't know. Uh, we went through this last week. We talked to him Friday after he went through the protocol and was cleared. And then this stuff, you know, this stuff popped up again, Whether whatever the symptoms were. But th- this week, this is going to be different because now you're preparing. We talked to Reggie Wayne today, and it's always great. But but now they're 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 preparing this week to not have him, and then maybe you get to Saturday and you have him, as opposed to last week, you're preparing that you know you, you thought you were going to have him because he cleared protocol, and then all of a sudden you didn't have him. So it's much better this way. But he, he is, I, I tell you, if he needed anything to, to reinforce his value to the team in terms of you know franchise tag or multi-year deal. Last week just showed you how, to this point, irreplaceable that guy is. Chappie, you you mentioned Crosby. Um, I mean, it sounds so simplistic, but the dominoes fall the way they do. And if you can't protect any quarterback, but especially if you can't protect Minshew, that's when things go south quickly, isn't it? Well, yeah. It, what was it? Six sacks last week, and yeah, it, it's and there there are like three or four guys in the league that simply look unblockable. You know, Miles Garrett and maybe Bozes when they're healthy. And this guy, I mean, goodness gracious, he, he's and he's strong against the run, but but you, you make your money by the by disrupting sacks, pressures, and forced fumbles. And you simply have to account for him. And, you know, they, they didn't do a great job on Miles Garrett until later. And if, if you're not careful, this one guy – can wreck a game back, you know, what J.J. Watt used to do, and they did a good job this year on T.J. Watt, but you, you can't let one guy wreck your game, and he certainly can do that if you're not, you know, if you don't leave help in with the right tackle or wherever he's lined up, so you just you got to know where the guy is every play. When when the Colts were 3-5 and five and they we knew that, you know, Richardson was done for the season, could you have foreseen – that we'd be sitting here with two weeks to go in the season, and here they are uh, basically having in their hands what's going to be their postseason fate. No, I, and again, that's that's why it, it's funny you watch social media, which you do at your own peril nowadays. But <laughs> people are, well, look at, you know, look, look at the Atlanta game and the Cincinnati game. This is who they are. They're not very good. They're flawed. And yada, yada. But, but the, the problem, this is a problem that Colts created, which is a good problem because all of a sudden – They've overcome so much losing a quarterback and J- Jonathan Taylor's, you know, in and out and all this stuff and, and Braden Smith and other guys. But here they are, and they don't need to apologize to anybody for anything. Here they are, win two games, and you're virtually assured 99.9% you're going to make it regardless of what else happens. So that's if you'd have told anybody back then, that that's where you're going to be. You had to, I mean, you had to, first said they were crazy, but it didn't even have taken it. And, you know, you, you know, last week it w- was a bad loss because, as I'm sure you pointed out, if, if they win that game, they're in first place in the division by themselves. And then yeah. you really control things. But still, win two games, and you still might win the division. And at the very least, you're going to be a wild card. Wherever you go, 
you're going to be a wild card and playing. So Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 again. Combination, Tavern Tour Stop, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna's Roll Tequila Shots, Taylor's Pub and Nora. That's 86th and Westfield Boulevard. Happy holidays to you. Mike, um, Gus Bradley, I would have to think that his position will be in jeopardy if they don't end up making the postseason, i.e. losing one of these final two, maybe both of these two. And I also happen to think it may be in jeopardy anyway. Where are you as far as the future of the current defensive coordinator of the Colts? You mean the guy that's generated a franchise record in sacks? (laughs) Yes, Uh, that guy. (laughs) I'm not as down on Gus as other people because they gave him a, a a bunch of inexperienced guys in the secondary and they still haven't figured out what they want to do at corner. I mean, Daryl Baker Jr. was inactive last week, and he's started most of the season. So I understand. I understand all the all the criticisms. I just look at at their deficiencies personnel-wise on defense. Not so much linebacker, although Shaq never worked out and was never going to work out with Gus. But you've had Zaire, you've had EJ Speed, who's either really, really good and impactful or he does dumb things with penalties. But the secondary is just a mess. It still is. And what you say is valid, and there may be a change. I just I, – I, I, I look at the deficiencies personnel-wise and attribute a lot of that to what he's had to do with his approach to cover up his his lack of confidence, I guess, in, in the corners and, and not getting beat deep. Uh, but no, I, I understand and, that the criticism. I certainly do. And do you, do you think that the outcome would happen in, in these games that we obviously outline uh, with the defensive coordinator in mind? Would this would have happened either choice he would have made if he would? Let's just say, for example. And I always, you know, bring up I bring up the Cleveland game. I bring up the Rams game, you know, especially not going going hard and, and trying to put pressure, creating pressure on Stafford. Right. Would, would that still have been a loss? Would that outcome been different? Because I, I guess that's where I see people have a valid argument with that. And I I do. I understand your argument. And that has been a Ballard thing, and certainly we've made it a point to talk about that being a Ballard thing over the years, not to mention this year. But you think that that would have changed the outcome of the game had he just said, you know what, the hell with my philosophy. Let's go for this right now and, and see what happens, for lack of a better description. Would that have changed yeah, the outcome? I, I, maybe, but I guess what I, I, I still remember, you know, with, with Natua's touchdown, game-winning touchdown in overtime, you look at a couple cornerbacks looking at each other like, well, I thought you had him. Well, I thought you had him. I can think of three or four times where confusion, miscommunication has cost them touchdowns, not just big plays, but touchdowns. And that's what you get with, with young, inexperienced corners. And you've got Kenny Moore back there trying to orchestrate the guys who haven't been in this situation you know, for an extended time. So, again, I I don't – and I don't know if anything that would happen in these last two games unless they get their doors blown off by Aiden O'Connell, for crying out loud. Now, then things change. But I – we'll see how much Shane is disappointed in the defense. I mean, what they've given – that one stretcher, they gave up 37 points at least in three games was really tough to watch. But I, I don't know how he views that. And 
And again, I I won't be surprised if he's back, but I certainly understand the the need that something's got to change. They're not going to do a drastic change. They're not going to go to a three four because they don't have the personnel for it. But maybe a guy that wants to blitz more. But again, I think the reason they didn't blitz more and that I, they were scared to death of giving up fifty yard touchdowns every other game, if not every game. So. Uh, again, is it play calling? Is it scheme? Or is it personnel? I generally fall back on personnel. I know, and Rick Venturi would just take me out and beat me behind the shed because he doesn't <laughs> like he doesn't like the way he doesn't like the way they play. He doesn't hey, he he's doesn't. he's screaming at his radio right now. I guarantee I you. Well, that, I hope yeah. he's not driving because he'll end up in a ditch, <laughs> and then I'll feel bad What's for it? a little bit. Not real bad, but a little bit. So and, and, well, Jeff, he knows he knows ten times, a hundred times more than I do on this. I I tend to look at player deficiencies on how they do things, whether it's receivers or offensive line. And Rick gets down in the dirt and can tell you why I'm stupid, and, and he's probably right. But I don't think it's a given that Gus would be gone. Uh, they just got to make some upgrades, personnel in the secondary. They just do. <clears throat> You almost answered my own question, uh, Chap, I had for you on your own. But, yeah, you, the, the sacks are great, but if you sack a guy and then the next play you give up a third and 14, right. you know, it kind of negates negates the stat, the stat and the sack. But that's what I was going to ask you. Is it is it more uh, execution and deficiencies on the roster, or is it more scheme, or is it somewhere in between? It's probably somewhere in between. And, again, I just uh, – I thought last year they had like 42 sacks, which was a big number for this team. And I thought, boy, I never got the impression it was that strong of a pass rush. This year it has been better. Last week it just went away. It was kind of appropriate they set the franchise record on a sack for no yards because that, that's what the <laughs> pass rush was last week. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like the makeup of most of the team. They need a linebacker because you got, again, you got Zaire and you got EJ Speed, and then you're sort of. Not a lot there. Ronnie Harrison is a, is a good story, but so but there's work to be done. But we knew that going in. You know, I, it's, it's going to be when this season's over, however it ends up, you know, we're going to talk to Chris Bauer. It's going to be, well, I should have done more at cornerback. Although they, they, they planned on being this young. They just did. But I don't think they even remotely expected Juju Brins to miss the amount of time he has. And you don't expect for Dallas Flowers to – had the season in any in injury. Now you're out without Julian Blackman. So again, I, 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 I tend to be too simplistic on, on personnel because I think personnel does limit you. So I, I, I'm curious how this goes. I, I hope the defense plays well the last couple of games. CJ Stroud's going to be a load you know, the last game of the season because he, he was having a all world rookie year until the concussion, but th- th- they've shown they can play. Not dominant defense because I was looking. This will be the fifth straight week that they played a backup quarterback. You know, you should just you should really dominate that. You just should, and then you, you get beat by, you know, Heineke and, and Browning, which was just ridiculous. So I, the defense isn't good enough. Needs to get better. And you know, is that Gus or is it the personnel? That's for brighter minds than me. And there's a lot of those brighter minds out there. Well, these two are not brighter minds than you that you're talking to, chap, so you can take well, solace yeah, You guys were talking hey. Pop-Tarts and herpes for crying out loud. <laughs> Nay! Hey. It's a hey. Thursday in Indy! Three hours is a Thursday long time. Three I hours is a long time. And going back, let's not forget about losing Isaiah Rogers way back at the, at the beginning right. of all this. That's you, what I'm saying. It's, it's, and then, but everybody's lost 
players. So it's it's you, you don't use those. They're reasons, not excuses. Uh, you can't. There's no excuses. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, you know. You know the, the the Jets lost Aaron Rodgers. You know what was it three or four plays into the season? So yeah. everybody overcomes things or you don't. So, but it, but having said all of that, all, having said all of that, valid or not valid, win two games and at the very worst, you're going to Miami in the playoffs. Which you know, you might get your doors blown off there, but you, but the, the the media will have a good time. Uh, you know, in Miami for a couple of days. It'll, it'll be a good trip, Chap. Uh, you've, you you've seen you've seen way more football than us, and the, the league has done so much over the years to take care of quarterbacks and look out for quarterbacks. Can you remember a year when so many of these uh, faces of the franchise have gone down for, if not the entire season, but for extended uh, points of the season? No, it's been like seven or eight season-ending in, 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 in injuries. And, and, again, Rodgers was third or fourth play. Uh, you know, and his was so different from Richardson because Richardson got, you know, driven in the ground. And no, and, and it just, I hope this doesn't mean that the league is going to do more to protect quarterbacks. I'm not sure what more you can do other than just say you can't hit them. Uh, so Red no, jersey it, for everybody, yeah. Yeah, I know. And, and if you, it, it does, it does increase the importance it should of, of you better have a good backup. And let's see what the Colts do in the offseason. Do, do they try to re-sign Minshew, who won't sign again for $3.5 million? That won't happen. Uh, but you've got to have – you know, I go back. This is so different from when – remember during the Manning years, they, they couldn't get a backup to come here because you're not going – first, you're not going to play. And then you're not even going to practice. And as Tom Moore said, you know, if Peyton goes down, we're F, and we don't practice F. So, you know, but, but you got to have, where, you know, here, where would these guys be if they didn't have a quality backup? Where would, where would Cleveland be? So it, it's really important. I, and I No, and I can't remember this many top-level name quarterbacks going down, and it's really, it's really changed the landscape of the, of the league this year. Chapa, to shift gears a little bit, you, you've been here from day one when the Colts were here, and you've seen Hall of Fame – players come and the entirety of their career come and go and now two two Colts back in the finalist pool Reggie Wayne uh, I think a fifth time and then Dwight Freeney you'll have a, a role in that uh, do you like their chances do you, what do you think about Reggie going at it again and you see the other crop of the finalists where do you think those guys stand headed into a chance to make it into Canton in 2024 I think to get a decent chance I I I don't think it's a it's a great great final fifteen. I, I I don't. There's some really. I mean, all these guys are quality players, but but we've got to. You know, we as a group have to get this log jam at receiver broken with Reggie Andre Johnson and Tory Holt, or or we're going to be doing this again next year. Uh, I I personally think Reggie. Is, is not 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 head and shoulders above the other two, but I think he's got a better resume. We asked him today about, you know, what separate. I asked him today, what what separates you from these other two guys, and he said playoffs. You know, he said, you know, and it's not his fault that he played in so many playoffs. It's it's good for him. But the overriding thing I've always used, and I've probably mentioned it here on Reggie, is is his longevity, productivity, and he he's he and Jerry Rice are the only players to rank top ten regular season, postseason catches and yards. Well, that's when you and Jerry Rice 
are, are in the conversation only over the length of your career, that, it, that speaks volumes. And, and with Dwight, I mean, I, I tell you, as much as people believe how good he is locally, nationally, it's another level. It really is. People nationally think he's one of the truly elite pass rushers of his time and in this group. And you got Julius Peppers and you got Jared Allen in the group. Will we put, you know, I think Julius Peppers has a chance to be first ballot. I don't know, maybe. Antonio Gates probably is the first ballot guy for what, how he revolutionized, helped revolutionize the, the tight end position. That leaves three spots. So, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough, it, it should be tough. It should be very difficult to get in, but if we don't break this log jam at receiver, again, we're going to do this next year, and the wait continues for Reggie. I hope this is the year that it ends. As he told us, if I get in, there will be a party, and I probably <laughs> will miss a couple of days of work. So uh, I'd like to see that, because we knew when, when Edron went in, there would be a party. There was until like 4 o'clock in the morning, and Reggie will probably try to uh, one-up him on that. One-up him. Uh, was it, wasn't it Harold Carmichael that it took forever for him to get in? I'd hate for Reggie to be in, in that situation. When we were there covering the Colts in the 2000s, did, did you – I know I didn't really – you know, it just seemed like going to work. Did, did you realize how many, like, special Hall of Fame caliber players were walking around that locker room each and every day? Not really, but that's because we were around it all the time. You know, we, we talk how, you know, Peyton and throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns, and you said, is that all you got? Well, that, that's, you know, that, that, that's a great game for most guys. So, no, and, and you know, Tariq Glenn and, and, and Jeff Saturday and, and all those guys, those were, those were near, near Hall of Fame type players. But one thing that does kind of, I think, hurt these guys a little bit is there's a Colts fatigue. You know, we've got, we've got Peyton in and Marvin and, and Edrin and then Dungey and Pullian. And sometimes I hear, well, if these guys were so great, why did they only win one? Well, they should have won two if Hank Baskett can cover an onside kick. Uh, and and Freeney's not playing on one leg. And then they, they, they went, they just, it was timing because they, they were playing at a time when New England just was just off this planet good. Not, not they, New England never had more talent than anybody, but they just played better collectively. And I can go through the list of why these guys didn't win more Super Bowls with 2005 with the personal tragedy with Dungy that they never really got over and a couple of squirrely games against the Chargers, which, you know, that were really strange. But that shouldn't, that simply should not diminish what these guys did uh, individually, and collectively too, but individually. I mean, Dwight Freeney's one of the best of all time at what he does. And, and Reggie, I'm telling you, his body of work, you know, it's it, it's just hard to really crack with what they've done. So, you know, but again, they're in there with, with 13 other people that, that people in those markets believe are better than Wayne and, and Freeney because of what they did. So we, we get together in, in the middle of January in Atlanta and, and we'll fight over it and I'll fight and I'll give all these things with, with our these local guys and I'll either be really, really happy with one or two, or I'll be really, really, really PO'd that neither one got in. But I think they got a decent chance, one of them. I don't know if both can get in, but I think one of them's got a chance this year. I really do. 
All right, we're going to see you in the press box on Sunday, and the first thing we're going to bring up would be Pop-Tarts and herpes. You know, I, I can say here, and I've never had herpes. I, I probably had a Pop-Tart. I've never had herpes. Hey, chap, uh, real quick. One of those playoff losses, the the punter for the Chargers was the MVP. Yeah. Yeah. He kept pinning inside the five-yard line. It was was unbelievable. It was an all-world hunting exhibition. Yep. (laughs) That's NFL, though. That's playoff football. Yeah, it is. That's right. right. It's one and done. Mike, we'll see you in that press box for that incredible conversation on Sunday. Have a great weekend. Happy holidays to you, buddy. You too, guys. See you later. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. James, cue the band. Let's go. Week 17. Larceny, bourbon, locks, and Luna Azul tequila shot starts on a Thursday night in Cleveland. The Jets and the Browns. Browns are established as seven-and-a-half-point favorites, as they should. However, a lot of missing pieces right there. I'm going to go ahead and lay the seven-and-a-half and and take the surging Browns here at the end of the regular season. Romy, what do you got? Mr. Brent Holverson has deemed me his pick master, so he is. So this is a combination of you and Brent? No, it's all all Brent. Okay. I'm the substitute, man. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I'm Bobby Brister. So this is for Brent. I'm Bobby Brister. Brent Holverson's pick is. If you're scared, just say that. I'm not. (laughs) We can lay money on the line, Chelsea. She's a gambler. Uh, Mr. Holverson's also laying the seven and a half, and he's going to the Cleveland Browns. Good idea, Chelsea. What you got? I got the Browns, too. Hagan. The Browns are going to beat the Flacco out of the Jets. I'll lay the points. This may be the best game of the weekend. Maybe not, but it's pretty darn close, right? You got the Lions doing some things they haven't done since back when I was in college. Meantime, the Cowboys... People just kind of wait and see the Cowboys uh, and watch them fall apart. Last check, five-and-a-half-point favorites of the Cowboys at home. I'm going to lay the five-and-a-half. Romy, and I'm going to take the Cowboys. What's Brent have today? Brent is also laying the uh, five-and-a-half because he said Dallas is 7-0 at home this year, so he's going with the Cowboys. 7-0 at home with the Cowboys. Chelsea, what say you? I'm going Lions. You You just like Detroit, don't you? No, I hate everything about Michigan. Me too. Why do you hate Michigan? They have legalized weed. I do like that. Because I'm an Ohio State fan. Oh, do you? Oh, I don't like I just think it's dirty and (laughs) armpit-ish. Are you through with your public service announcement? Uh, The Cowboys are a much different team at home, and even though I love Dan Campbell, I will lay the points Cowboys big. All right, so if that's not the game of the week, right? This is but the Ravens, man. The Ravens are surging right now. Not the Ravens team we saw the Colts beat going back to the early portion of the season. Uh, they're at home against the Miami Dolphins, established at uh, last check. Was that three-point favorites, I think, right there, Romy? So I'm going to go ahead and lay the three. I'm going to take those Ravens because they are balling right now. What's Brent have for us? Even Brent on vacation is basically channeling you. You two also are we laying. Are channeling. You guys are basically twins. Baltimore Ravens for, for Mr. Holverson. By the way, Chelsea, uh, Tucker Barnhart, catcher, also hates Michigan just like we do. <laughs> not for the same reasons, but does not like Michigan either. What do you got here in this game? I'm going Dolphins. I think it's revenge tour time for them. 
The Dolphins. Did, Hagen, Tucker, what did you Tucker play for the Tigers for a while? Did he tell people he hated He uh, probably did not then, but I think uh, <laughs> he feels comfortable in doing it now. You know what? I was all prepared yes. to pick the Dolphins because the Ravens had the Super Bowl preview game. They went over there. The whole world was watching. It was a great win. But then, you know, the, the Dolphins dealing with some injuries. Uh, Waddle, I believe, is out. Guess what, though? I'll still take the Dolphins. I like them to win outright on the road at Baltimore. Who's your favorite Dolphins quarterback not named Dan Marino in Dolphins history? Go. Bob Greasy. Come on, it's David Woodley, dude. Oh, I was going to say Greasy. No, I like Greasy, too. He had his glasses. He took his helmet off after every play. I loved it because when you got your NFL gear at Sears, it said Dolphins 12. Yeah. And that was Bob to. Greasy. That's what I would always – you get the catalog and you would guess which player they meant to, for that to be. Did the players get extra money for that when it was their jersey, clearly? There's no way they did. Exactly. <laughs> you, you, you didn't have a dime. Did they get extra money for anything back then? Like, no. They probably didn't even know what was going on. So, they actually had to pay for that. I yeah. love that. I tell you what, the Sears gear is still by far the best. 100%. Make no, no question about that. Hey, goodbye to Tyler and Sarah. Thank you guys for coming out. We appreciate that. Larcity Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul, Tequila Shots, week number 17. But the Bills are playing well as of late. They get the Patriots. Their season has been a mess. 13-point favorites at home. That is a big, old, fat number that... I want to take the Bills, but I'm afraid for a backdoor cover. So give me the points and the pats. Brent Halverson, what do you have, Romy? Oh, God, man. You guys are like full house. New England Patriots. Gotcha. What do you got over there, Chelsea? I'm taking Patriots with points, and that's with Josh Allen as my fantasy quarterback in the championship, too. Man, Chelsea's cool as hell right here. She's double dipping. She knows Uh, more than any of us right here, man. I told you. What did I warn you? I warned you last week about her. 13 points is a trap. Hagen, I, Hagen I, backing you up, that's kind of like <laughs> Nickelback backing up ACDC. That'd, that'd be a good double bill. I would go, go see, see that, it. though. There'd be a lot of chicks um, there. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I always love getting double-digit points in the NFL, and I'll do it here with the Patriots plus 13. Week 17, Larcity Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, Taylor's Pub, and Nora. The Bears, three-point favorites at home against the Falcons. See, this is where the Falcons go. I think this whole work that they did against the Colts last week will be all for naught. I'm going to lay the three and give me the Bears. That Falcons thing, that's funny, may work in Atlanta. I don't think that's going to work anyplace else. It's not going to work in Chicago this weekend. Give me the Bears. Lay the points. What's Brent Halverson have? God, this had to really pain him. He, he, as a Green Bay I'm Packer, sure it as is. a diehard yeah. Green Bay Packer fan, he actually picked the Bears. We're thinking the same thing right here, I believe. All right, Bears, what you got over there, Chelsea? I got the Bears for Romy. Hagen! You look at this graphic here, you see the Falcons have a lot to play for. Maybe I'm just uh, recency biased, but I'm going to take the Falcons plus the points at Ooh. Chicago. What most impressed you about what the Falcons did to the Colts in a bad way on Sunday? Because well, you were down there. Some of it was scheme-wise. You felt like, what are you doing on defense? Uh, Heineke, I think he's just... These Gus's these last two games here probably. in the regular season? I, I liked. I was impressed by Heineke. Liked the, they, got after, they got after Minshew, took him down a lot. I think they'll get after uh, whoever the Bears trot out there at QB. And I think... I think the Falcons will win the game. They got a lot, to, a lot on the line. And, of course, that's the team that lost the Panthers two weeks ago, so you never know, but I like the Falcons. Are we feeling good about C.J. Stroud being back this weekend? We shall see. It looks like that maybe he's making strides, we'll say. So you get the Texans at home against the Titans. Uh, Texans are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Lay the five-and-a-half. Give me the Texans. Really either way, but especially if Stroud is uh, in the mix coming up this weekend. Texans, Romy. 
What do you think Brent went with? Texans. Yep. <laughs> They're right. Chelsea, what do you got? CJ's going to be the, the first quarterback to not make Ohio State look stupid, so I'm going Texans. Jim Carsados was really good. Now, nah, well. Texans will win. <laughs> Texans win, but they won't cover. Titans plus five and a half. Jim Carsados. You remember Jim Carsados? No. That was in the 80s. He threw a touchdown pass at IU Memorial Stadium. True story right here. Hey, Rain Man, stick to, to this Carter, topic here. We're picking to the game. Carter, <laughs> Chris Carter spiked it in the end zone, and guess who got it? Hello there, everybody. Oh, wow. That would have been me right there. Did you Thank throw it back? You. Oh, they made us. They probably sold the balls after the you game. You should have turned and burned and ran up the stairs. Oh, Chris Carter. Actually, I'm sorry. Before he spiked it, he did what end zone celebration? That would have been popular in shuffle. 1986, 88, I don't know. <laughs> the icky shuffle. He did. Ready? Billy White Shoes Johnson. Pee Wee Herman. Oh, wow, okay. R.I.P. Paul yeah, Rubens, Paul who Rubens. passed away this past year right there. Uh, we'll say the Colts coming up for the end. Panthers and the Jaguars. Man, the Jaguars have been an absolute mess, but there is no way, none, they're as big a mess than to drop this game to the Panthers at home. I'm going to lay the six and a half and give me the Jags, even though they stank right now. What you got, Romy? I don't even know why I'm here, because you obviously Brent's texting you the whole time. <laughs> Jacksonville. She is, Sarah just wiped her hands off on you. She did. Sweet. It happens. She, she did. Chelsea, what do you got? I got the Jags. Hagan, what do you got over there? Now get this. I'm the, ready. The Colts and Texans are both favored. So if mm. they both win, if the Jags lose – they will not win the division because yes. the Colts and Texans play each other. They have to win this game, and they will, and they'll cover. How much? How much do they cover by? I mean, yeah, I know, you asked me if they're covered. The you I'm need an curious. exact number? I just was curious. Yes. They're going to win 27 to 10. Well done right there. Larcity, Bremen, Locks, Lunas, you want to keep the shots, Rams and Giants. Yeah, other than betting, there's not really much on this thing right there. What is that, a five-point? Five and a right half. Five, five and, and a half. half. The Rams are currently in. The NFC playoffs. They need. To, it's a big yeah. game for them. No, there's no doubt. Hey, lay that five and a half. Give me the Rams on the road. What you got, Romy? I'm just going to go pass it to Chelsea because obviously, <laughs> obviously, I'm not even needed here as a substitute. So we got, we got all the same stuff right here, don't yeah, we? Yeah, he's gone with the Rams. He won two more than I did last. I was 500 last week. I think he. Uh, you were. Uh, you, I was eight, you like I was eight and eight. He was ten and six. Right? You know what? He was ten and six. Uh, yeah. JB was. Uh, you were eight and eight. Yeah. And then uh, eight Travis eight. was seven and nine. Seven and nine. You know what your uh, year to date is? It's 47 percent. That was my algebra grade in You're 1985 right he there. Is. You know, on my fantasy side, I pick we pick every game every week, and I'm at 53%. So take that, John. What's your algebra grade? I was eighth grade algebra, 47%. Wow. I had, I had one math class in my entire college career. I made a C. I was talking about high school and junior high, brother. Well, I know that's the elite level they you didn't. reached in your oh, yeah, academic really. pursuits with high to, school. They sent me down to – I got shipped down to consumer math pretty damn quick oh, right no. there. I had to learn how to write checks. Oh, my God. <laughs> For money I didn't have. So, yes. Chelsea, what do you got? Uh, Puka's going to go off. I got the Rams. Oh, yeah. I like the Puka hey, let's going watch your language thing right here. This there. is a family that's show. That's right. I'll what take, you got, Hagan? It's a long trip. I think the Giants cover, but I think the Rams win. I'll take the points at home. There is zero way the Eagles have been playing well enough right now, to me, to go all in with this 11-point spread that they have right now. So Jonathan Gannon, the former defensive coordinator for the Cardinals, going back to Philly, where he was the D.C., and now the head coach of the Cardinals. Crappy year for them. Again, one of these fat number backdoor covers. Give me the Cardinals and the number, Romy. Well, obviously, you guys blind copied on that email that it's I didn't weird. I'm see. I'm trying to even change this up on the fly. You're trying to change it up, but he went with the Arizona Cardinals. 
Yeah, cool. I understand. Big fat numbers. We stay away from those. Those are dangerous right there. What do you got, Chelsea? Uh, Quick sidebar. uh, I heard when Matt did this out at Ingles that he only got two right. Wow. I think that was true. There's a a side bet, by the way. So, uh, no pressure, but... uh, I don't know so if that was could, like a shout out to him or a diss, but either way, I got to do better than that. You but, can go uh, in the parking lot and throw you like parking lot jarts. Exactly. Better than that yeah. right now, Chelsea. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give the Cardinals <laughs> the points, and uh, I, I think the Eagles are frauds. I don't think they're that great. So, so you'll take the points. His yep. name is Hagan. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could be up 17 points in the fourth quarter. Next thing you know, the Cardinals score a meaningless touchdown yeah. for the game, but very meaningful for the spread. I, too, will take a double-digit 10.5 point. Larceny, bourbon locks, and Luna Azul tequila shots, week 17, Taylor's Pub. A combination of that with Heaven Hill Distillery and a tavern tour stop. We'd love to see you here, 86th and Westfield Boulevard. All right, the Saints and the Buccaneers, basically, if you're looking at the NFC South, there you go. I'm going to go ahead and I know that there's three and a half points. No, check that. I'm sorry. Two and a half. Two and a half points last check. Two and a half. I can't trust the Buccaneers to do much, but I will trust them to do this. Lay the two and a half. Give me the Buccaneers, Romy. Well, you know what? Ever since Baker Mayfield has stopped doing commercials, he's playing well. And again, you and Brent picked the same damn thing. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chelsea, what do you got over there? I'm going Bucks as well. The NFC South, much like the AFC South. Does anybody want to win the division? Does anybody want to host a playoff game? I say the Bucks do, and I say they'll win in cover. All right. So we got San Francisco looks absolutely badass right now. Uh, at the Commanders. I mean, we, we, when you think about San Francisco, what don't they have other than who knows? I know who knows what you're going to get once you get into the postseason. But the spoiler could be at quarterback. Maybe we saw a little bit of a window into that this past week. This is a big, fat number. I just don't think you're going to see any backdoor cover at all. I'm going to lay the 12 and give me the Niners on the road in Washington. Romy. You know what? Sam Darnold didn't look too bad when he came out, but we were talking about backup quarterbacks all year long. Uh, but what a shocker. You and Brent have also picked the San Francisco Man, that's, That 12 and a half is a big one right there, but it doesn't seem as big against the commanders for the Niners. What do you got, Chelsea? I'm taking Niners 12 and a half. I think they're embarrassed after last week. And against the commanders, that's a good homecoming-esque game where they can just beat the ever-living crap out of them. Hagen, you the guys ever-living are suckers. Crap. They have to go all the way across the country. Uh, it's a short week. What do you think they're going on? Covered wagon all or the, what? They're fine. <laughs> a Conestoga, a Conestoga, how do you say it? Conestoga wagon. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to be as up for this game, and all they want to do is win. They don't care about covering the spread. They don't care about fantasy points. They don't care about getting guys hurt this late in the season. They're going to show up. They're going to win, but it's not going to be by 13 points. You know what? It's a big number, though. I would agree. Larcy Bourbon Locks, Luna's Oil Tequila Shots. You see the Steelers step back up after taking it on a Saturday here against the Colts. Look different, much like the Colts looked different last week down in Atlanta against the Seattle Seahawks. That's a three and a half point favorite for Seattle at home. Lay the three and a half and give me Seattle. Romy. What do you think he did? He said Seattle, he the did. Seahawks right yeah, there. He Brent should. Chelsea, what are you saying sitting over there? I'm going to be bold with the points. I'll take the Steelers. I may, I may come in last and get two right, or I might just kick y'all's ass all over the place because I'm <laughs> taking the Steelers. They're going to get some uh, non-offensive points in this one and win. 
Chris, you're just copying me. I am. I've been looking at your paper the whole time. <laughs> Chargers and Broncos. I love the drama going on, right? Man, how much dead cap money is that going to be with Ru- Russell Wilson when they cut him coming up in March? Unlimited. Demoted he was at quarterback earlier in the week. We know that. Sean Payton did that. Broncos at home against the Chargers. The Chargers have been a mess for a while. Yeah, still, I'm going to lay the three and a half and give me the Broncos at home. I don't really know why. don't have a really evidence as to why that should occur, but that's my feeling. What do you got, Romy? Well, John Elway, I've heard, is coming back. So, Holverson obviously picked the Broncos I mean, just any, like you. anybody coming back right now. <laughs> so, got my nobody. goodness, what yeah, a he mess went with, that he went is. with Denver. Shocker. What do you got over there, Chelsea? I've got the Chargers. Two, two too teams, much drama. Two teams with drama and turmoil. So a coin flip game. And in a situation like that, I'll take three and a half points. I'll go with Chargers also. Bengals and the Chiefs. Lincoln Kennedy talked about how much crying the Chiefs are doing after that loss <laughs> of the Raiders last week. And, I mean, you look at the Bengals and things much different last week for Jake Browning than they were the week prior or really the week prior to that right now. So uh, what are we talking about here? Seven-point favorites at home for the Chiefs. Lay the seven. Give me KC at home. What do you got there? Well, again, this is, goes back to my commercial thing. You've got, you know, you got all these Kansas City guys doing commercials. Mr. Pfizer's out there. But shocker, Brent picked Kansas City and went with you. Wondering. Chelsea, what do you got? <laughs> I don't know about the points, but I'll take the Chiefs, and I think it's time to acknowledge that Taylor Swift is the modern-day Kardashian curse. Correct. She's Yoko Ono. <laughs> you know what? Uh, embarrassing home loss for the Chiefs, but I think this week they're going to shake it off, shake it off, and win Ew. and cover. Wow. I did that for the Swifties out there. I know you See, have a lot I don't, to listen I, to I don't, I don't really buy. I don't really buy into it. I'd date her. Would you date her? I mean, again, no. I mean, we had some yeah. fans together. It was... I don't want to talk about it on the radio. Why not? She sang a song about neither, it. Well, she's taller than John I am. Mayer. Isn't she like six feet tall or something? Easily. Yeah, she is. Isn't she? Yeah. I would feel. I'm just not much bad. into the, the music thing. Is she more country or pop? Pop, or pop and country. Yeah. It's but a story for another country, day. Right? But one time, I'll have to tell you the story off air about how somehow I found myself front row by myself at a Taylor Swift concert here in Indy. It's a great would story. Would you go Taylor Swift or Britney Spears? In what way? <laughs> All the ways, in every, each and every way. Brittany Prime, uh, Taylor now, Swift is right now. Taylor Swift much present. more talented musically, uh, but as far as performance-wise, I would go with Brittany. I've seen her in concert three times too. Never. So you think there'll be like some kind of trapeze and like stuff like that? What are you talking about? I'm just guessing. We talking about are we still on the, the air? The, the is this fun a and real show? Are we talking about curious. You guys brought it up. I didn't bring it up. All right. Uh, the final one before we get to the Colts here would be the Packers and the Vikings. Sorry, Tommy S. My bad, brother. We got uh, yeah. We got another quarterback change in Minneapolis. Unfortunately, I'm going to lay the two and give me the Packers on the road. Romy, I know what Brent has already, right? You already know. You Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, twins again. Green Bay Packers. Good <laughs> Lord, you guys. You guys picked the exact same game. On, Almost all but one, I think, right there. That's weird. No, all the same. No, yeah. I think they're all the same. Oh, that's really weird. Yeah, you guys have picked the same games, except for the last one. We'll see what you pick. <laughs> Chelsea, what do you got? Got Packers minus two for sure. Hagan, what you got over there, buddy? Elimination game in Minneapolis. Sorry, Packers, you're cooked because the Vikings will win on the home turf. All right, here's the one we all care about. And I mentioned this earlier, too. 
People always think, well, you're going in too hard. You didn't think the Colts were going to be any good this year. It turns out they have a nice record, surprisingly enough. And now after that loss on Sunday, you're all in on them. But no, I'm all in on them because I put in expectations. A couple of weeks ago, you go, this is the bare minimum you should expect from this team. And they didn't live up to that on Sunday. And as I talked about in the Colts pregame huddle, a former Colts wide receiver, Bill Brooks, as much as everybody looks at this Colts team and says, hey, the future is so bright, it can't miss, this is playing with house money, you never know. Because once upon a time, you felt the same way, and then what happened with that era, it did not work out that way at all. So, moral of the story is here, you take advantage of the moments in which you can take advantage of. Again, I thought last week was one. They didn't. I think this week is one. They do. Man, the Raiders look swaggerish once again. There's no doubt about it. I think the Colts, in some way, some form or fashion, defensively, they're going to realize that if you force a quarterback that doesn't want to make mistakes to undo his team into mistakes, that is going to be good for your team. So, and the three and a half point favorites at home for the Colts. I'm going to lay that three and a half. 27 13, and a couple of picks for the Colts on defense against Aiden O'Connell. You protect your quarterback. Gardner Minshew doesn't make mistakes. They put up 27 27 13 in the final. Colts over the Las Vegas Raiders. What do you got there, Romy? So, this is not going to happen. <clears throat> so, here's what we're going to do. Since Brent is not here. Yeah. And uh, I am the substitute teacher in the box. I'm going to change his pick. Good oh, idea. I like it. Because you guys can't, you guys can't have the same picks. I he he picked the Colts. Yeah, he's not here. You going to change it? He employed. He, he's he, it's his fault that he's he's employing <laughs> me. I'm switching his pick to the Raiders. Okay. Ooh, Lincoln well, Kennedy got him fired up. I got you, Chelsea. What do you got over there? So I don't know if. Romy told you guys at all, I'm a big sneakerhead, and every game that I go to, I wear the opposing team's colors. I wore Raiders colors uh, today. Those are vandals right there, aren't they? <laughs> oh, they're close to it. <laughs> are those Nike vandals? No. No, 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 Nike vandals are the Velcro. Nike vandals. There's no Velcro if you remember, on these. They, Termin no, Terminator. Yes, they became yeah. popular in, in Terminator. Terminator. Oh, yeah. Michael Bean put them on. Go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry, Chelsea. No, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be at the game with some of my best friends. Colts are going to take it for sure. Do or die time. It's go time. Hagan, explain to me your theory of this game. Well, last week they were hurt late. You find out a late scratch. You don't have Pittman available. You didn't protect the quarterback. The Raiders, the Raiders can get after the quarterback. Yeah. But you're, you hopefully you have Braden Smith back. Hopefully, you know, you, you get Pittman back. I don't know what the latest is on that. And I can tell you this. The Colts are 9-6 and six against the spread. That's fourth best in the NFL. But the play is the over. I'll take, I'll take the Raiders plus the points. I think the Colts win, but I don't, I don't like the three and a hook. Ten of the Colts games have gone over this season. That's the most in the league. I like the over. I like some ugly scores. I like defensive special team scores on both sides. I think it's going to be an entertaining game for New Year's Eve. I think the Colts will win. I don't like giving three and a half. So I'll take the Raiders plus the three and a half, like Romy said. Like I said, why are you keep looking at me like that? I mean, I'm, just kinda, I'm, I'm doing the Jedi mind trick. I'm trying to understand your I will, theory, right? I here. will tell you this. If you'd listen, if I was yeah. here last week, you'd all be rich because I said on these Christmas Day games, take the road team plus the points because everybody at home, they got grandmas in town. Did Billy get his present? What about this? Uh, the road teams, 
They're on the road. It's a business trip. They're not worried about So two of those three teams won outright. All three of them covered on the road. That was my Christmas special to the world. So what happened to the business trip here from Indy to Atlanta? They forget about that business. That was Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. It was Christmas Day, which so is there's that, unusual. There, yeah, you wake There's up, no difference between that? No, because the, the Colts oh. knew they were going to be home. They were home that night. They woke up. It was different. Somebody okay. explain. Uh, can, no, Chelsea, I, I, Chelsea, I, I, I'm fine. You can wait a horse to water. You exactly. can't make them drink it. <laughs> but I tell you what, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts uh, covered. I think they're going to win either way. I, yeah. just I just don't like the hook. If it was three, I would take the Colts. Yeah. I know that sounds kind of petty, but I don't like the three and a half. In a game where, uh, as we talked to uh, Lincoln earlier, these Raiders are playing for something, too. They're, they're in the hunt. They're not going to oh, show they, up. They, they look like a team that you would not want to play right, right now. Right, right. Whatever it is, I don't know. The NFL's not a rah-rah league, but they're buying in. And they know that they're playing for uh, perhaps a playoff spot. They're playing to make sure Pierce gets that job. So think about that motivation as well. I think it's going to be a, a, a knockdown, knock drag-out fight, and I think uh, the Colts will win, but I think it's going to be an entertaining game and a great way to wrap up uh, the calendar year, at least, for the Colts. Colts didn't really play like that for Jeff Saturday last year. Not at all. Although that's funny because when they played the Raiders last, that was the, the one win of the Jeff Saturday era. You remember yeah. they, they won yeah. out in uh, Las Vegas. But the, the thing we remember is two years ago. When you, all you have to do is beat the Raiders or the Jags to go into the postseason. It's and, funny, isn't it? Funny how it's set up again. The yeah, same two teams. Then, like you got to go. Yeah, go you got to go Raider uh, Texan this year instead of Raider Jag. But they're both at home. I think what's funny is the Colts can neither clinch nor be eliminated, regardless of what they do this weekend. It's all going to come down. I think if you win both, you in. You lose both, you're out. You split them. You know, coin toss. See what happens yeah. with teams around you. I think you'd rather if you're going to go one and one, you'd rather lose this one instead of losing against the Texans. You need to win that last one against Houston, and I think you're in good shape.